The 2022-23 Louisville men's basketball schedule is out. It is official. We will give our first reaction to that while discussing a top 100 2024 football prospect being in town for the Florida State game this weekend on today's episode of the Locked On Louisville podcast. Stay tuned. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Happy Tuesday. Welcome in to another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. I serve as a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Sound. Also do some PA announcing work for the university in various sports. Uh, I want to take this time, as always, to say thank you all for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder, the Locked On the Louisville podcast is free on all streaming services, including YouTube and WHAS 11 Plus, five days a week, your team, every day. We're going to be giving our reaction to the 2022-23 official Louisville men's basketball schedule release and why there are a lot of good tests for Kenny Payne's team in year one of his tenure. We'll also talk about a top 100 prospect in the 2024 class, Kylan Fox, being on campus for the football game against Florida State on Friday evening. And then we will wrap the show up by diving in to the weekly mailbag segment. So beginning with the schedule release, the schedule was released um, this afternoon. Obviously, this episode being recorded on Tuesday evening. So I um, wanted to factor in that release. Um, but the initial reaction to it is that the schedule does not have any shortage of tests for Kenny Payne's squad in his first year as the leader of the program. Um, the non-conference schedule, the Louisville Cardinals will face some solid opponents right out of the gate. Um, you know, this might be one of the toughest non-conference schedules for the Cardinals in, oh man, quite some time. Um, obviously, you're in, they're in the Maui Invitational, but outside of that, um, you know, you look at the first game of the season, that's against Bellarmine. You know, Scotty Davenport's team is definitely going to be a solid measuring stick for the Cardinals in the first game of the Kenny Payne era because they are well-disciplined. They always uh, play well together. And, um, you know, they won the A-Sun last year. So, um, you know, a solid opponent nonetheless. And then they go to Maui on uh, November 21st. They play Arkansas, who's likely going to be a top-5, top-10 team. Um, you know, a solid amount of returning talent mixed with a – I think a trio of five-star prospects coming in for Eric Musselman's squad. You know, it's going to be a very tough matchup in the first round of the Maui Invitational on Thanksgiving week. And if you lose, regardless if you win or lose that game, you're going to be playing either Creighton or Texas Tech. Creighton is one of those uh, non-Power 5 sleeper teams because of how many uh, players that they have coming back from last year's team that made it to the round of 32 and ended up losing to the eventual national champion Kansas Jayhawks. Um, they have a solid returning nucleus there, which they're liable to be top 10. I think that they're probably going to be ranked inside of the top 10. And um, you know, if you don't play Creighton, you're going to play Texas Tech, who uh, is very, very well coached. Sure, they lose a decent amount, but they're still going to be a, a solid defensive team a team that's going to give you fits, and for a Louisville team that, you know, maybe struggling to find their identity at that time with it being so early in the season, well, it could be a very formidable opponent for the Cardinals. And then, obviously, 
the third game uh, is still to be determined. But some solid opposition right out of the gate. And it kind of really doesn't get all that much easier if you look at the rest of the schedule. Um, I do want to take a look at something just to uh, make sure that this is the right thing. It, it seems like they have a, a big layoff between the first game of the season and the Maui Invitational. I think that that is true. Um, let's see. Sorry, it's taking a little bit. I do understand. Um, but... Yeah, so the I wanted to look at the exhibitions. The exhibitions are against uh, uh, Lenoir, Rhine, and uh, Shamanad. Um, okay, so I, I completely overlooked this part, and I'm not sure why it's not on there on, on this part of the schedule. Um, it's not uh, reflected on ESPN, uh, but that still doesn't take away the fact that that is a, a tough schedule. In between um, the Bellarmine game, and the Maui Invitational, they will take on Wright State and Appalachian State in the Yum Center on the 12th and 15th, respectively. Then they will go to Maui. After that, they're playing a Maryland team that um, is going to look to uh, make a run towards the tournament. We talked about this matchup uh, in the spring, or I think it was in the early summer days, when we discussed um, that this is a, an interesting matchup because of the transfers that Maryland has coming in, that some of the returning pieces is going to be a solid test for the Cardinals as well. Just another um, good out of conference uh, matchup um, after Maryland, they will have two ACC games. I do want to focus on, on the non-conference for the time being Western Kentucky comes to town on December 14th. The uh, Hilltoppers, Defeated the Cardinals last year, um, so that will be an interesting matchup. Florida A&M will come to town on the 17th. Lipscomb is kind of hit or miss, but the Bison are usually pretty solid. And then the Cardinals will wrap up the non-conference schedule in Lexington on New Year's Eve against the Kentucky Wildcats, who are going to be solid as well. So um, no shortage of tests early on for the Louisville Cardinals, and, and I like this. Um, you know, there is the... There's essentially two schools of thought. Um, you know, there's the school of thought that um, you know if you play a little bit of a weaker non-conference schedule, you boost your win total and you eliminate bad loss potential, and um, you know ultimately you're boosting that resume for the tournament. And then there's the other school of thought that says, well, you can't really boost your resume with some easier wins. Yes, you. If you're playing tougher teams, you may end up with more losses, but you know the strength of schedule aspect of it, uh, the RPI as well. I I like the second option more. I, I tend to side with the latter here. Um, I like getting tested early on, especially with a new head coach, with a team that is looking to prove themselves because it's a good measuring stick and it's a good opportunity to you know just learn throughout the season. I get the other side of the table's thinking by hey look you can surely add some easy wins, you might be able to boost some confidence, but at the end of the day you're not necessarily getting tested and really this is this the seasons are just a marathon toward the end to where you're playing obviously you're boosting your resume but you're playing your best ball by the end of the season and I think that this schedule especially in the out of conference slate sure it might you'll you'll introduce the possibility of losing more games and I get that and it might make it to the point to where you may be on the outside looking in in terms of the tournament bubble but I don't look at it in that 
frame of light. I look at it in the sense of, okay, now you have the opportunity to go out and you have some solid tests early on. You get a measuring stick of where you're at, where you need to go, the um, areas of improvement, what you need to work on, um, and just a good solid idea of where the team is. And, um, you know, it starts early on. You have some, you, you I mean, I wouldn't necessarily call them easy yet because I'm not necessarily sure of how good they're going to be, but you have some probably, um, you know, predicted wins in games like against Bellarmine, Wright State, Appalachian State, um, Western Kentucky, Florida A&M, and Lipscomb. But there's some solid mid-majors in that. Like Bellarmine and Lipscomb are pretty solid. Um, and then you have some solid Power 5 out-of-conference teams. Uh, you have Arkansas. You have either Creighton or Texas Tech. You have Maryland. Uh, you know, so on and so forth. So I like the out-of-conference schedule here. The conference schedule, um, you know, it is what it is. I think the ACC is going to be a little bit better than they were last year. Uh, some notable takeaways, the teams that they will play twice in conference play this season, Florida State, Miami, Pittsburgh, Virginia, Clemson, and Georgia Tech. Obviously, Virginia is the team that they play twice every year. It seems that they do the same against Pittsburgh. Um, Florida State it will be an interesting matchup. I want to see how uh, the Cardinals match up against Leonard Hamilton squad. Miami loses a lot from last year, but they bring in some solid pieces. Um, and then um, Isaiah Wong returns as well. So um, the Miami Hurricanes are going to be a solid team. Pittsburgh is still in that transition phase. Virginia is Virginia. Um, as long as Tony Bennett is there, it seems like the Cardinals will always struggle with them. Uh, but Clemson and Georgia Tech should be teams that the Cardinals are possibly favored in. If they're not favored in those games, it's, it's likely to be close, close games. So I like the fact that they're playing Clemson and Georgia Tech, um, you, even along with Pittsburgh, because I think that these are three teams that the Cardinals are going to be better than this upcoming season. Um, North Carolina, you have at home. You're going to be on the road at Duke this season, which uh, that will be a tough game. North Carolina at home, that has the opportunity to have the Yum Center absolutely rocking. Uh, with the uh, national runners-up coming to town with a team that has a ton of experience from last season. Armando Baycott, Caleb Love, R.J. Davis. Uh, the only uh, formidable piece that played a lot of time last year was Brady Manick, and he literally had no um, eligibility remaining. So in terms of the schedule as a whole, um, I, I like it. I, I like the fact that there are some solid tests because it offers you, number one, some good games. It's good games for fans. Uh, they're back in the Maui Invitational, which is awesome. I like the fact that they're playing Bellarmine. I like the fact that they're playing Western Kentucky. I wish they were playing Eastern Kentucky. I would like to play all of the Kentucky schools. You know, Moorhead State, Murray State, I understand that might not necessarily be plausible. Um, but I, I like the fact that they are taking on some teams from the state of Kentucky, especially Bellarmine. Um, I like the fact that they're playing Bellarmine. Scotty Davenport's team is very solid, and it's a good test for Louisville, especially early on. They're going to have to come into the first game, and they're going to have to play a solid game, or they may get beat game one uh, because Bellarmine is very well disciplined. We know how Scotty Davenport's teams usually play, so that's going to be a very interesting matchup for the Cardinals. So, um, But uh, outside of that, Arkansas – Top 10 team, Creighton, top 10 team. Texas Tech could be top 25. Maryland is a formidable top 10, top 10, formidable power five opponent. Um, Western Kentucky, Lipscomb, two other um, non-conference um, mid-major squads that Louisville's going to have to take care of business against. And then conference play, you have the teams you're playing twice. Clemson, Georgia Tech, Pittsburgh offer good opportunities to get multiple college or multiple uh, conference victories, uh, be able to add there. Virginia is going to be tough, obviously, playing them twice. Uh, Miami and Florida State, two solid tests um, that 
I'm glad it's not North Carolina or, or Duke, but both of these teams, I think Florida State's going to take the next step forward. They have a lot of young pieces that are coming back. Caleb Mills is back, the Houston transfer, and then Miami has some good pieces as well. So um, solid opposition, um, an interesting schedule nonetheless, but a lot of tests. And if, if Louisville enters the tournament next March, they're going to be a battle-tested team that's going to be ready for the opposition. So um, we're going to take a little bit of a step back, uh, focus more on the football side of things. Recruiting news is big um, heading into this weekend. Not a ton of visitors. Obviously, you have to focus on the fact that this is a Friday game, but 2024 top 100 prospect Kylan Fox will be in attendance once again in the Derby City. We'll talk about um, his visit here in just a second after we talk about our friends over at Upside, from cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us all where it hurts, and it really hurts. That's why I started using Upside. It's an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With every purchase, I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside. With my new job, I'm commuting seemingly daily. Um, I'm eating out a lot. I, I have to be on the road a good amount. So uh, when I switched to Upside, um, you know, getting cash back for all the money that I spent was huge. Um, if you are interested in getting started, download the free Upside app. Use my promo code LOCKED and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business. Pay as usual with a credit or debit card and get paid. And in comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. So really, there's no hesitancy you should be having. Download the free Upside app today and use the promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using the promo code LOCKED. So as I mentioned, not a ton of visitors for this uh, home opening game against Florida State this weekend, um, and, and that's pretty straightforward. You know, some people I've seen on social media say, well, why aren't there more visitors? Um, is it because Louisville's not – uh, you know, performing to standards this season, I don't think that has anything to do with it at the moment. Um, the thing about it is, and it's pretty simple, is the fact that this is a Friday night game. Most of the recruits out there are playing in a game on Friday night, so they don't have the luxury of playing in the game and then traveling to Louisville on Saturday to, to be in attendance. Like It's almost impossible to play your game and, and be visiting the Louisville game at the same time. So uh, Kylan Fox, a top 100 prospect in the 2024 class, will be in attendance. Um, he has visited the program recently back in June. Uh, Michael McCammon at 24-7 Sports, uh, the Cardinal Authority Louisville site, uh, had a quote from Fox uh, after his visit. He said, I loved Louisville. The facilities were great. The coaches were great. Everything looked real good. It looked like it would be a great fit for me. Uh, the team offered Fox back in the month of April. Josh Stepp has been a huge factor in this recruitment. Um, Fox went on to say, as soon as I got the offer, the tight ends coach really jumped on me. He kept in touch with me, then came in and saw me in the spring and wanted to get me on campus. So I was fired up to get there. Um, uh, he is a product of Grayson High School 
And if you remember, that is where um, current Louisville defensive end Victone Brown went. He said, we're pretty tight when talking about his relationship with Brown. The last thing he said was the fact that um, Louisville views him as an offensive player. Obviously, he is listed as an athlete because he plays on the defensive end as well. The def- he plays as a defensive end as well as a tight end for Grayson. Uh, the last thing he says, they want me to play tight end. When I met with the offense coordinator and coach Step, they were showing me how they use the tight end in their offense, how the tight end gets the ball, and that I would fit in with their offense. Uh, ranked as the 89th prospect in the 2024 class, according to 24-7 Sports, he is the 15th best athlete and the 18th best in the state of Georgia. No shortage of big-time offers here for Fox, has offers from Alabama, reigning national champion Georgia Bulldogs, um, NC State, Ohio State, um, Arkansas, Auburn, Boston College, Duke, Florida, Florida State, Georgia Tech, Kansas, Kentucky, LSU, Michigan, Michigan State, Mississippi, Mississippi State, Pittsburgh, Purdue, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, A&M, UCF, uh, Virginia, so on and so forth, right? So there's a lot of um, recruiting interest here, and and for good reason. I think that he is a very dynamic prospect. Six foot five, two hundred and fifteen pounds. Um, you know, when you watch his film, his offensive film, that is obviously he is an athlete, so he's very solid on both ends of the field um, as a defensive end, as a tight end. But as a tight end, uh, Grayson uses him in a lot of different ways, both as a traditional tight end. He's solid blocking downfield and in the rushing attack. Uh, but they use him as a wideout at times, um, using him in instances to where he creates mismatches um, out in the flat, um, has a deceptive speed for his size. Good job of high pointing the football, a ton of strength for his size as well. Moves well for his six foot five frame. Kind of reminds me of Marshawn Ford in the way that Louisville uses him in a lot of different uh, uh, packages. He lines up in a lot of different ways, um, you know, for the respective offenses. Um, so, you know, there is a blueprint to how Louisville can approach these tight end recruits and say, hey, look, Marshawn Ford is producing this way. This is the way we want to use you, you know, as a sort of a wide receiver tight end hybrid, you know, used as the H-back. You're used as a blocker in some situations. Uh, We'll get you the ball in certain situations down the field, get you the ball out in the flat to where you're able to use your athleticism to create some mismatches. Um, You know, they're they're, uh, recruiting Jamari Johnson kind of in the same light as an athlete, Um, you know, you know, turned into a tight end. Deuce Robinson, a tight end uh, being recruited as a wide receiver at Louisville. So there's, um, you know, versatility in the way that Louisville likes to use their tight ends. Um, you know, it seems like there's two different types of recruiting and two different types of tight ends that they play in their system. They use more of a versatile athletic tight end as more of an H-back that, that serves, um, you know, a different role in the receive, receiving realm. And then, you know, the traditional tight ends like a Francis Sherman or uh, Isaac or Dwayne Martin, they um, you know, slide into that more traditional role and, and play them as more of a blocking tight end um, utilized big time in the run game. So uh, obviously making another unofficial visit here to the University of Louisville twice in three months, big news for Louisville. Um, it shows you that that interest is real. Now, will the Cardinals be the leader in the recruitment after this weekend? That's yet to be seen when you have Ohio State. Uh, Alabama, Georgia, and the likes of a bunch of other national powerhouses in the um, in the uh, realm of this recruitment. So, uh, but it's solid to get him back on for a unofficial visit. Um, 
the next step obviously is to try to get a commitment um, or, you know, schedule an official visit, um, you know, sort of for next season um, or, or next spring or summer, however the timeline works there. But uh, good to get Fox on for uh, another unofficial visit. So definitely one to watch for in the 2024 class. But for the remainder of the show, we are going to dive into the weekly mailbag. Before we do that, I want to say thank you again for making Locked On the Louisville your first listen of the day. Just a reminder, the Locked On the Louisville podcast is free on all streaming services, including YouTube and now WHAS 11+. Plus. You can go to WHAS11.com, scroll down to the sports section, and watch uh, all of the shows as you would on YouTube um, five days a week, your team, every day. So... In the mailbag segment, there's a couple of good questions. Um, the first one uh, is kind of a, a late addition, but I think that this is really the, the main question. Um, if Ruben Owens decides to visit Texas A&M in the near future, is this room for concern? Of course it is, especially when you watch what um, Texas A&M just did in the past recruiting class had quite possibly the highest rated recruiting class of all time you hear about you know the possible you know monetary figure that they spent on NIL deals you know surpassing nearly 30 million dollars that is with an m 30 million dollars that's huge that's absolute now obviously that's kind of just a rumored figure but still regardless if it's 30 million or 25 million that is a good amount of money so yeah having Texas A&M who is an NI, who has been the biggest NIL giant in the football landscape since the name image and likeness uh, uh you know came into effect yeah Texas A&M definitely is something to worry about especially with them being Adidas so it's going to be tough um obviously um you know it, it seems like Ruben Owens is committed to the University of Louisville pretty strongly um, you know, has the Louisville tattoo and everything, but uh, you, you really can't follow words in recruiting. It's all about actions, right? And if Ruben Owens decides to visit the, you know, Texas A&M University, which uh, I, I believe, uh, if I'm not wrong, I, I could be mistaken, but I felt like Owens previously stated that he would be taking no more visits. If he does decide to take a visit to Texas A&M, yeah, I'd be, I'd be kind of concerned. Now, does that mean that he'd be on flip watch? Does it mean that he would flip? I mean, not necessarily. I mean, it could be, but it's not set in stone. But yeah, it would definitely be um, room for concern if he ended up um, making the visit to College Station. So um, moving right along, um, has there been any more news as to who the next 2023 commitment might be? Hasn't been a lot of news yet. Um, you know, there would there's been talks of maybe, you know, Deuce Robinson being a guy that could end up pulling the trigger. Um uh, just not a lot of guys to focus on. Kataris uh, Hicks, the uh, Miami Central wide receiver who got a Louisville offer, could could possibly be you know in that group as well. Um, but I don't think that uh, – put it this way, there hasn't been any guys that I've heard about that are on commitment watch at the moment, but that doesn't mean that there aren't any. So uh, moving right along, who do you think will be the biggest test for the Louisville basketball team this upcoming season? Ooh, that's an interesting question. Um, 
I'm going to be honest with you. I think it is going to be the Kentucky Wildcats. Um, I think that Kentucky is going to be a very solid team. Oscar Shibway is a problem to be reckoned with. It, down low for the Kentucky Wildcats, the reigning Naismith National Player of the Year, uh, won the Wooden Award. Um, uh, let's see. They have the the freshmen coming in, Kaysom Wallace, Chris Livingston, uh, some other solid pieces, you know, Damian Collins, uh, you know, moving on down the line. Um, oh, gosh, what's the point guard's name? For some reason, I'm forgetting the point guard's name from Georgia. And, and I'm going to remember it after the podcast. But um, Severe Willer, there we go. They, they have some pieces coming back, and, and Kentucky's going to be a very solid squad. So I think that that's kind of the, the team that I'd be focused on there as the biggest test. Obviously, Creighton's up there, Duke, Carolina, um, and Arkansas, in my opinion, are kind of the top five teams that the team that Wolf was going to play if I had to take a, a guess in the preseason. So uh, the final question is the football landscape. If Louisville loses this game, um, do you think Scott Satterfield gets fired? on the next Monday. No, I don't. I think Louisville could lose by 40 points and Scott Satterfield wouldn't get fired after this game. Uh, would his seat be hot? Oh, of course it would be. Um, but at one and two, I think that it might be a little bit premature um, because, you know, you technically could still salvage the season. You have matchups against um, uh, South Florida, Boston College, and Virginia coming up to where you feel like uh, Louisville is probably favored in all three of those matchups. So, you know, you have a chance to be four and two, which is where the Cardinals were uh, after six games last year. So would it be ideal if they lost to Florida State? Well, of course it wouldn't be. Um, but I don't think that the Cardinals come into this game uh, favored at all. I think they opened up as a two-and-a-half-point uh, underdog, according to Bet Online. So ultimately, um, I don't think he gets fired either way. Um, if Scott Satterfield were ultimately to get fired, and plus his, you have to remember his buyout drops, I think in December, so it would make no sense. It would make no sense. It would make no mistake. It would make no sense from a uh, financial standpoint to fire Scott Satterfield in the middle of the season when you could do it at the end of the season. If that was the um, if that was the course of action that Josh Hurd and and the rest of the athletic board uh was set on making but i'm not saying one one thing or the other because i don't know and obviously i think it's way too early i mean hopefully the cardinals are able to continue that momentum play a solid game against the seminoles tour we're not you know even beginning to introduce that discussion again so um yeah so we talked about uh the louisville basketball schedule being released kylan fox making a second visit in three months to the louisville program to visit the florida state game and then finally uh, we dove into the weekly mailbag. Tomorrow's episode will be a Locked On uh, crossover podcast with uh, Locked On Seminoles. So uh, good up, good episode coming. We'll begin to preview the matchup against the Seminoles beginning tomorrow, obviously. And we will do that as we continue throughout the week. So that's going to wrap up this Tuesday edition of the show. Everyone have a great day. We will see you right back here tomorrow.